At Kroger, we believe it takes the right team to bring you the freshest produce. That's why we partner with farmers who grow only the best. And that level of teamwork means better, fresher options time and time again. Working with farmers is what it takes to be fresh for everyone. Kroger, fresh for everyone. It's the big $10 sale. So mix and match and get two, three, four, five, or even 10 for $10 with your card. So many great deals. Kroger, fresh for everyone. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Hi, curious minds out there in our ever-expanding radio land. Welcome to CC with BB. Connecting with Coincidence with Dr. Bernie Beitman, M.D. That's me. This is the only radio show in the world dedicated to the study of coincidences, synchronicity, and serendipity. We are coming to you through the X-Zone Broadcast Network located in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, and broadcasting all over the world. What is the relationship between mind and brain? Does brain produce consciousness or does the greater consciousness produce the brain? How do mind and brain interact with each other? I'm a psychiatrist. I study this question in my office. I help people with medications and psychotherapy. I work in both the brain and in the mind. You need your mind to recognize a coincidence and your brain to talk about it. Coincidences are like messages in a bottle. The message can be about you, and the message can be about where the bottle and the message came from, that infinite sea of possibilities. Coincidences sometimes point us toward previously unrecognized causal connections. They teach us about hidden potentials within us, like telepathy and human GPS, our ability to get to places we need to go without knowing how we got there. They tell us about other intelligences that may be influencing our lives, and sometimes they trick us. The phrase connecting with coincidence is my coincidence brand. It is the name of my book, my Psychology Today blog, my website, and my social media sites. To find any and all of them, please put connecting with coincidence in your search engine. Would you like to know how sensitive to to coincidences you are? Take the weird coincidence survey on my website. About two years ago, I wanted to make some songs out of the stories in my book, Connecting with Coincidence. How was I going to do that? I had this idea, but how do I do that? I went to a jazz concert at the University of Virginia here in Charlottesville. The director of the jazz ensemble, a charismatic man with a marvelous shock of hair, was doing his impromptu monologue between sets. Several times he said synchronicity. Several times. Here's a clue in my hunt for help, I thought. A jazz musician sang synchronicity. So I emailed him. No answer. Then I emailed him again. No reply. The third time, yes, he he answered. John DeEarth answered me. We met and established an an instant bond. We got to know each other. He warmed up to the idea of doing music for the lyrics I wrote for one of the songs. And there we were, sitting at his piano in his studio, beginning a tune. Hey, this was a Broadway musical in the making. Uh, But no, not with John. He was in in the midst of organizing his unique jazz opera. He had too much to do. A series of other events introduced Francesco Ronchetti to me, and now there are seven Radio Ready songs. In, in, his unpro- in the unpro- improvisational way he lives his life, 
John moves in a constant flow of coincidences. For our enjoyment, he invented the term coincidentiality. It, it is a de is defined as conditions favoring the appearance of coincidences. In the lives led by most of us, the conditions that increase the likelihood of coincidences include need, transition, and high emotion. Being in the flow also increases coincidentiality, as does living the spiritual life. Situations that increase coincidences include not all, include altered states of consciousness like death of a loved one, sickness, job change, romance, and creativity. The outcomes in these situations are uncertain or indeterminate, meaning that the outcome is unknown. Without the momentum of predictable sequences, new things can happen. The web of regular reality has been torn. As positive psychology suggests, we are sometimes able to sync up with our surroundings. We can be dancing to the rhythms of our minds in concert with the events around us. Our thoughts seem to match to parallel to approximate the events of our surroundings. Getting to the flow can involve meditation and motion through which you can let the rhythms move through you. John DeEarth is a man through whom the rhythms move on a daily basis. He is a jazz trumpeter and composer, born in Framingham, Massachusetts in 1950. He studied as a teenager with saxophonist Boots Muselli, who worked with Stan Kenton, Charlie Ventura, and Teddy Wilson. He's worked with some of the major jazz artists in the United States and other places. He currently is active in his jazz work in Charlottesville, Virginia, where he is an avid composer and arranger with hundreds of compositions to his credit. He's developed the Kronos String Quartet, the Kandinsky String Quartet, and the Freebridge String Quartet, which I've had the pleasure of listening to many times here. We will get back, we will talk with John DeEarth after a short break. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. Lift me, won't you lift me above the old routine? Make it nice, oh. lay it clean, jazz Welcome back to CC with BB, Connecting with Coincidence with Dr. Bernie Beitman, MD. Our guest today is John DeEarth, a wonderful jazz musician, jazz trumpeter, composer and director, uh, and a very, very good friend of mine. And John, welcome to the show. Thank you, Bernie. Great to be here with you. I've been looking forward to this. Uh, it's great having you on the show. 
Why don't, you you. Te- why don't you tell us what you think about coincidences and coincidentiality and uh, some of the ideas you have about it? Well, I was listening carefully to what you were saying before, and it struck me that the description you gave of a condition of mind that embraces the potential for coincidence is exactly uh, corresponding with a musical perspective. Because especially in improvised music and creative music, you have to trust as one kid in a workshop recently said, you say yes and when you improvise with other people. And you have to trust and you have to be aware that things are going to happen if you let them happen. You know, we've had so many conversations about this, you and I, and you and me, and, um, you know, coincidentiality, you said I came up with that. I guess it seems so obvious, you know, like people have conversations in confidence or people live confidentially in ways but coincidentiality just seems to be a condition we actually always are in now that's how it seems to me even conditions on the planet that allow for our life seem totally coincidental and odd in a way if you take normalcy as some rubric (laughs) or metric or whatever you call it but uh, I, th- I loved what you said about rending the fabric of the normalcy, but in a way you're getting to a much deeper reality when you do that, about how connected everything is. It's a musical thing. Yeah, so you- and, that's, and w- one of the um, ideas that you've, you've got me to think about is the rhythm of coincidence, uh, coincidences. Uh, I'm, I, I'm pretty sure, and I've run across this talking to uh, other people, there is a rhythmic quality to a lot of life events uh, and that can be mathematically um, defined. Um, and I'm talking to a mathematical physicist who was talking about conformity being something that is rhythmic, uh, has a sine wave uh, variation to it. It's more or less and there's something about coincidence coincidences that seem to have a rhythm to them too and you've had some ideas about that uh, as we've talked about it well rhythm i mean what i've had to come to terms with is the realization as a musician that rhythm is everything because rhythm can be a, a free gesture in time or it can be a pulsed gesture in time like a beat like a sine wave But rhythm is really the frequency and duration of events, when things happen and how long they last. And from the point of view of a musician who's improvising, it's more like, where do I put it and how long do I leave it there? It's very playful, the whole thing, once you get to that point. And I loved your distinction between the brain and the mind, because as a music teacher, I'm constantly teaching my kids about the difference between the brain and the mind. I say the brain is the laziest organ in the body. It doesn't want to do what you want it to do right now. You're making it do something it wants to complain about. Why would that be? Because it's already doing all this incredible work. We know you can't get enough of your favorite flavors. Luckily, Kroger Free Pickup makes it easy to grab what you need without any surprise fees. Whether it's extra buns for the barbecue or those chips you just can't quit, start your cart with the Kroger app. Kroger, fresh for everyone. $35 order minimum. Restrictions may apply. Subject to availability. It's the big $10 sale. So mix and match and get two, three, four, five, or even 10 for $10 with your card. So many great deals. Kroger, fresh for everyone. For you is going, are you kidding me? You're breathing, you're walking, you're digesting your food. What more do you want? But the mind wants much more than, than the brain. So I love that distinction. Oh, it's an important distinction. And then after what you just talked about, as the mind trying to get control over the brain, uh, the mind also tends, if you go into what we might call a subconscious, where you spend a lot of time, I think, when you're doing uh, rhythmic activities, which include, of course, jazz and teaching and teaching little kids. When you go deeper into the mind, then you get access to potentials that we don't really think we have. Totally right. And that's the whole thing with the music. You know, I remember once have seeing Pat Metheny talk to a group of people, a great guitar player, and, and a lady said, what must it be like to be on the road with Herbie Hancock, Charlie Hayden, Jack DeJohnette, etc., and Michael Brecker? And, and Pat Metheny says, well, actually what you have there is five very idiosyncratic and self-centered individuals, myself, the chief among them, he says, 
<laughs> in his nice way. And he said, we really don't talk. We just meet on the bandstand and it happens and it probably is better for the music. So in a way, all of this normalcy that we experience and in a way, you know, when you think of even language, I mean, that's improvisation too. everything we're doing is an improvisation. But we and we endow it with this sense of normalcy and reality that it really it's just something we're doing. So I, I think there's something about robotic and uh, socially defined behaviors that are somewhat separate from the impromptu uh, improvisational things that that you tend to live your life by much more than a lot of other people. And, well, and that think, when you it has to do with when you said the mind getting control over the brain, I think it's a little bit like. The, the mind has to make an ally of the brain so that the, the brain will help you. It's a wonderful tool, right? Yeah. It's a, wonderful, it's a wonderful tool. And its relationship to the greater mind becomes a very important question. Yeah. What, what, what you can do and what I admire so much about you is being able to tune in to uh, the feelings and uh, states of other people and and match up with them particularly illustrated when you talk about being when you talk about being on the uh, um, on the stage with some of these fa fancy guys um, that <laughs> that language goes away um, that language goes away oh gosh uh, can you hear me yeah totally great Language tends to go away, but um, but the uh, um, and when language disappears, and I see this when I go to uh, to conscious dance myself, when language disappears, um, then more freedom comes. There's something about being able to move without words that allows more interaction, more energy exchanges, more harmony to be possible. Sure enough. Well, the that's why music is so great, because of the non-specificity -speci of the language. But, you know, the thing is, um, you know, we've talked about this, too, what we learned from that wonderful trumpet player who visited Charlottesville, Matthew Ernst, and his teacher had taught him the four stages of learning, which is how we talk. Uh, the four stages being unconscious incompetence, conscious co conscious incompetence, conscious competence and then finally unconscious competence which is what you just described and we have that in conversation we don't have to think of our rules of you know behavior and grammar and 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 even how we break our wonderful rules of discussion you know and, and conversation to communicate better yes you yes. know so we do it all unconsciously we can get to that level with music and i really do believe get to that level just with life i think that's what the great teachers the zen people and all the things you mentioned when you live in this sense of the interconnectedness of things you live in a more meditative state you get into a more real state of how things really are not buying into this mental construct of normalcy that we all have and as you know bernie probably let's not get me started on normalcy but Coincidence, great. I'd love to talk about it. John, I'll so, make I'll make a big effort not to get you on to normalcy, and <laughs> and, and we'll let let's stay with uh, coincidences and yeah. and with how all this all this fits with coincidence, and since this is the coincidence show, I should have a website like you do so that people can write in if they want to hear about normalcy. But I'm afraid we'll <laughs> just leave that topic to the side right now. We'll we'll leave it to the side. Yes, but yeah. but, but only with the only with the idea that it's it's tearing that web of normalcy that allows us to get to that unconscious competence that you're able to teach people to do. No kidding. No kidding. Got to work without a net. So coincidences and uh, your life, John. Well, I'll tell you, one of the most, I mean, you talk, you were present at the coincidence that produced our uh, meeting. And I will say, Bernie, that even though it was the third email you sent me, it was my first email from you that I ever received, which is my fault, not your fault, but everybody deals with my Luddite craziness. <laughs> anyway, so my apologies for that. But look, we met, and just oh, as you oh, said... Yeah, well, on, on that one, on that one, uh, I think the timing, just to add to it, of your response was better then than it would have been that? the first time. Yeah, and it probably was better from my side too, which is why I missed all your emails. Yeah. No, email and all of that is a tremendous uh, bed of co coincidentiality and at the same time, bane of our existence, So, yeah. uh, like so many human things. 
But anyway, um, yeah, when we met, it was a huge thing. But then I was working on the opera, which yeah. you were fascinated by. I didn't even know you were a psychiatrist seeing patients. I thought that you were a psychologist doing research. We talked for 15 minutes. I said, oh, you see patients. He said, well, I couldn't possibly see you as a patient after the last 15 minutes of conversation we just had. So that was awesome. <laughs> that was great. And then you became my pro bono uh, psychiatric <laughs> uh, consultant for the opera and just showed up all the time. It was yeah. a very, very intense three weeks for that oh, opera. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. So many coincidences. I mean, we lost the stars of the show and met better people for the situation and for the roles in a bar. And I think we met them all in bars. <laughs> a lot of great things happened in bars. Of course, my opera is about being, you know, growing up in bars and saying, and in a way, not to talk about the opera, but just simply to say that, uh, you know, we have so many views of our life and how life should be. And yet kids get brought up in all kinds of circumstances, sometimes by alcoholic or violent parents. And I'm here to say, along with many people, it's not all bad. You grow and learn from all situations and let's all get a life. But no offense, the music that I play is jazz music. It's black music. It's created, you know, a bunch of white guys can be up there playing jazz. It's black music. And it's created by black people out of a sense of uh, total horror. This is 400 years. Don't go there. But the coincidentialities there are deep and sorrowful and wonderful. But anyway... I'll tell you, can I tell you a coincidence that I think is one of the most telling I've ever experienced? Please do. If I have a minute, and I'll try to make it, you know, succinct. We have about, uh, for, we can continue in the next segment. We have about a minute and a half for this segment. Let me try. I grew up with two uh, half-brothers older than me, Paul and Jimmy Smythe. My name is John Durth. Uh, Paul, the younger of the two older boys, was six years older than me. He was my hero my entire life, really. He became an amazing poet. He was quite famous as a poet at one point and very well regarded by very fine people like people who taught at Harvard and taught him th and people who were the secretary of Robert Frost and Richard Wilbur loved his poetry. And he was a very fine poet, lived a very difficult life. He was a very abused kid. He had a very difficult time with his life and kind of fell out of writing, fell out of everything, but he had written massively in poetry. He had one little book that he was carrying around with him. He published many books. He had a 235 page manuscript of things that he kind of wanted to put into a vanity production that he could just give to anybody just to represent his work. It was stuff that he had said, I'll keep these. He had, he had basically 1500 pages. He probably threw away twice that amount of his stuff but nothing happened with this we were poor you know he was poor we were just trying to deal with his liver disease different things and out of the internet comes to me one of the most wonderful people in my life ever helen lang nikki lang who i went to high school with and was actually my girlfriend lived with me in my mother's house an incredible saga we hadn't spoken for 30 years or more John, we're going to need to end with Nikki Lang, and we will continue with her in our next segment after a short break. Thank you, Bernie. This is a This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net.
Oh, welcome back to CC with BB, connecting with coincidence with Dr. Bernie Beitman, MD. My very special guest today is John Durth, trumpet player, rock on tour, and the inventor of the word coincidentiality. John, please continue with your story okay. of your high school friend. Okay, my high school sweetheart, Nikki Lang, contacted me through the internet after, I'm saying 30 years, but that probably is not exactly right. It's probably more like 40 years. But uh, she was looking for a drum teacher for her son, and she was trying to get hold of another friend, and then she got hold of my, you know how that goes. And she said, what about your brother Paul? He was such a wonderful poet. I've even remembered, and she typed then poems that he had written, actually discarded. He, he laughed when I told him these poems. Juvenalia, he called them. My brother was a grouchy guy, you know, he's pretty sick at this point in his life, and old guy, you know, just very grouchy cat, you know, it's like, ha. But I was so struck by this. I said, I had no idea you were so into poetry and that you were so into my brother's poetry. I didn't know you knew. She said, oh yeah. So I talked to her a little bit about him. She said, do you have any of his poetry that you could send me from this book you're talking about? It so happens that I'm working for a publisher, which is, anyway, the long story short of this was she ended up editing this book for this marvelous publisher, El Leon Press in, in uh, San Francisco, which is totally a writer's press. The deal that you got, I mean, my brother, who is the most suspicious guy in the world, got the contract in the mail much later and read it. And I'm just waiting for his snarky, you know, complaints. And halfway through it, he goes, this is wonderful. Ah. So I was just, we were freaking out. And he also told me they worked on this book by telephone together for a year. She edited his book. He said, I've never had a reader like this woman. Wow. It was so huge, Bernie. And this beautiful book that I gave you, A Plausible Light, was this legacy of my brother's. And it's really, she cut the book way down. She turned it into a masterful book. And, um, you know, not just a collection of some, some very fine poems, and what a thing. And that's and the, the thing. You, and, yeah. and, this, and, and just to summarize the, the story of this, the coincidence part of the story, is that Paul needed uh, a publisher. Well, and he, he wasn't even thinking that. He, he, wasn't, was even, he, was, he wasn't even thinking he, that. He was trying to raise a couple of grand so that he could send this off to Canada and get 20 copies of it in a oh. nice bound book. You know how you do. Yeah, so yeah. So, so he, wanted to, he wanted to get it printed somehow. So I told this to this woman, and that's when she told me she works for this guy. Yeah. And and she so wasn't how, even working for him. She, she was just... She contacted she, you because she needed a drum teacher for her child. For her little boy who she'd adopted from Guatemala. Okay, so the so I'm just trying to put this the simple part of this together. Paul was wanted to get his book printed somehow. She somehow. needed... Somehow yeah. she, she needed a drum teacher and she and she knew Paul might be able to do that, but then went on to. No, 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 no. She didn't think Paul would do anything. Oh. with I mean, she just talked to one of our old high school friends who's a drummer, Joss. And then she said, what about John? And he's she Joss said, here's John's email address. So then she emailed me and asked about Paul. Then she oh. asked for the poems. And then the guy saw the poems, her publisher. And he said, there's nothing like this. We're going to put this out then that's like a miracle in the life of poetic of poetry. Yeah. poetry. And, and, it's, and it's ridiculous. And Joss, then this awesome Joss, book came out. Joss could have Joss could have been the drum teacher, but I guess he said no. No, they she lived in New York. Was, she was just trying to figure something out and get some feedback and what to look for and Oh, 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 I got it. Okay. Totally. She was not here at all. We had not heard of her for years. Okay. You had not heard from her for years, just to make it even really tighter. You had not heard from her for years. She called you for a drum teacher reason not to get you or Joss to do it, but to just ask you about it and then, and then we kind of reconnected after you know a long and our relationship bloomed like crazy too we became so close but oh, the main thing was the help she gave to my brother with this book was astonishing and he you know he didn't credit too many people as having enough you know intellectual moxie to deal with his poetry i'll tell you that now that that is a beautiful need met coincidence that Isn't is beautiful and That's he beautiful. died 
And let me just tell you, you want to hear another coincidence? I mean, here's here's beauty. And look, the man was sick as you can imagine. She finally came down and they met face to face. He was living in the house next door to me, which I happened to own at that time. And they visited through the weekend and had and the morning of of Sunday morning, I was going out of town for a gig at a synagogue, actually, up in Maryland to do something. And she called me and she said, you know, I'm leaving town today. I'm trying to decide whether to go visit Paul once more. You know, maybe we'd have to talk a little bit more. I said, yeah, go visit him once more. So she went over and visited him once more and left. And he called her and left an answering machine message in New York saying, Nikki, I think we're done with the book. Let's pull the trigger, whatever he said. Hung up the phone. I came home at three o'clock from my gig in Maryland and he was dead. Wow. And I hadn't even remembered that part of it when I started talking to you, because as you know, I am not deeply involved in remembering anything. I'm much more involved in dealing with what's coming next. So, but that's fascinating, right? Amazing. Yes, 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 yes. Very good. Very good. Uh, could I'm, I continue to be interested in how coincidences uh, inform your music and, and, and in all its forms and how music informs you about coincidences. That's, that's really the wonderful place you are from my perspective in thinking about coincidences. M- music, coincidences, coincidences, music. Yeah, it's amazing. Well, you witness it here in Charlottesville firsthand because you, we're friends here and we see each other a lot and we see what's going unfolding all the time. But some of the biggest experience of that for me, you know, through a long life in music, it's always coincidental that you hook up with people. Like yes. one of the greatest jobs I ever had in music was playing with a guitar player named Emily Remler who is just one of the most amazing jazz musicians who ever lived and died in her mid thirties, tragically. And she was a, just a, you know, a kind of normal regular guitar student at Berkeley who just fell in love with jazz music and was heard playing by, you know, again, it's demographics, it's coincidence. She happened to be playing somewhere and Jim Hall, Joe Pass and somebody else were all sitting together. Three of the greatest guitar players on the planet freaking out over this beautiful girl playing guitar like Wes Montgomery and her career began. So a good friend of mine was playing with her downtown at 7th Avenue South and I was recording an album with another friend in New York. This was in the 70s and the record just turned out fantastically well and I was just on top of the world as we finished recording this record about midnight and I remembered that my friend had invited me down to play, to sit in with his gig at 7th Avenue South, which was Emily Remler. I went down there, Bernie. I wouldn't ordinarily have done that. I would have been so wiped out by that time after being in the recording studio for hours and hours that day. So I went down there and did sit in with her. And frankly, to be very honest, because I like to be honest about music, I completely screwed it up. We played in a sentimental mood. I got lost like like a mofo, as we like to say. And it was... But it was fine, you know, we played and it was it became very telepathic getting lost, by the way. Yeah. Over, she goes, I am gonna make a record with you. She was just gunning me and going, she loved what we did. I said, I got lost. She said, I am going to make a record with you. Okay, so you hear stuff like that a lot. I moved to Charlottesville. We still had not made this record. I moved to Charlottesville in the early 80s. Two years later, after this event, she called me up in the middle of the morning and said, hey, this is Emily Remo. Remember that record? We're going to make it two months from now. Can you do this date? (laughs) Ended up making two records with her. She ended up moving to Charlottesville with her husband and didn't even know I lived here. I mean, talk about (laughs) web of coincidence. All kinds of things ensued from that. Just in general, living in music with people who are trying to do creative music puts you in a situation where you're constantly going to have to be alive to this or you don't work. I mean, basically, you have to know how to connect and know that it's magic. You know my theory of magic, you know, that it's an element, it's a force in the world. People can't do magic. They fool themselves with this all the time, pretending, because you can align yourself so well with this force of magic that you think you're doing it. Just like music, which you're not. I mean, maybe, 
But I, I do believe at the higher levels we let this go, and it's a, such a human thing that we can just let it go. So my big coincidentiality world at this point is here I am in Charlottesville teaching at the university and being very aware of playing black music in a town where there's a horrible racial history and problem. And I'm not seeing any black kids for my teaching because they can't afford me and get there with transportation. And I'm so dumb, this has to be pointed out to me. So finally, I start dealing with this. And what I'm finding is, by coincidence, suddenly hanging out with these kids. And Bernie, you know these stories. I mean, it would take hours to tell these stories. But I have been led into a whole new theory and picture of what music is for people by hanging out with these little children and playing music with them in the precognitive conservatory orchestra, where we play totally free music, even with people who have never touched the instruments before, even if they have a disability, like Down syndrome or whatever it would be. And then other professional musicians come and do this with us and freak out at the richness of the free improvised music that we do, which again is black music. It's a legacy from Ornette Coleman and Cecil Taylor and these geniuses who bequeath this music to the world probably one of the greatest gifts that any group of people ever bequeathed to this planet, black music. And in America, we know less about it than most places, frankly, and even black people don't know. Frankly, this is America. But anyway, coincidentally, I've been led into the most glorious, nutritive, uh, fertile area by simply trying to get with some kids who can't afford lessons from me because I finally went, uh, duh, go to the neighborhood center then, fool i'm done <laughs> but anyway you get it right and, and that and that's what you do and uh, what you're again saying uh when you i could just say normalcy look if everybody in their 60s who had any kind of stuff going on so they had a free hour here or there and knew how to do something make a poem make a metal thing make a desk you know bang two pieces of wood together and would go to the neighborhood center and meet with the kids and show them how to do what they do this world would not be in the situation that it's in frankly uh, that's that, that's an important that's that's a very important message for uh, our audience to hear and we're getting close to our our next our, our, the end of this segment and both with the the guitar player who moved to Charlottesville and with your precognitive students what you do so well is able are, are able to recognize putting aside uh, regular rationality, the normalcy that uh, we're not going to be talking about, no and, problem, Bernie, <laughs> and, and allow and allow. Even though you did, you were uncomfortable with it when with the guitar player. She, she loved it because you weren't thinking; you were just going ahead with what your subconscious, unconscious was telling you to do in that circumstance. You don't and that's think what, because she thought I was cute. Bernie. <laughs> I'm not going to go on that one, John. Okay, not, fine. I'm sure I, when, because I, when I see you, I can go through that one. But I, right. I think she recognized you as a superb musician who could let it happen and do Maybe it in, so. a, in a way that connected with her enough so that she found her way to Charlottesville. We've come yep. to the, we've come to the end of this segment. We'll be back with John Durth in our next and last segment. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. 
It saves your data plan and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. Welcome back to CC with BB and and our guitar stories and our jazz musician and my wonderful friend and wonderful trumpeter John De Earth. John, it's, it's a pleasure talking with you this way. It really is. Thank you, you too, Bernie. You love it, man. We, this is how we talk. This is how we talk. And the, the idea of coincidentiality and music, you have told some great stories so far about how you've got to go with the flow, open to the possibilities. And if you want to make it in the music business, you've got to be recognizing the opportunities that coincidences present to you and then seize them because they're only short time periods sometimes for something to start happening. That's right. And, you know, here's another aspect to this too, Bernie. You know, I was joking before when you were being such a doll to me saying, you know, you're a great musician and she recognizes this and very likely there's some, you know, elements of that, but it's very hard to hear, you know, and this is one of the things that I often have to help my students with. I say, know your strengths. It's hard for artists to not be self-deprecating. It's never good enough. So this is something in partly that actually relates to this in this way. You know, we walk around reality that we live, you know, the world of our normal life or daily life is not really a friendly world in many ways. And, you know, even this business of, um, you know, jazz music, what I'm talking about and what black people experience, I'm learning even at the age of 67 years old, I'm learning now for the first time really and truly how different it is to be a black person in this country. Yes. We're all learning yes. this now yes. because it's coming out. And this is the wonderful coincidentiality of our times with the social media, which cuts both ways, but it's totally showing us ourselves. You know, you're a, a fan of Jung. I'm a fan of Jung. You know, Jung was huge on the shadow. One of my things is people do not want to acknowledge the shadow. That's why we project it onto others. Goethe said, I never heard of a crime I couldn't sympathize with. When we took the little precognitive kids to meet Wayne Shorter, he said, don't play music, play human behavior, which means everything. I took that to mean play the beheader and the beheaded both. We have to take our world on its real terms. What people do a lot of times is they think if they conform properly and do everything right, quote unquote, they will be rewarded and they will not be rewarded for that. That will never reward you. It is what we need to do. We need to learn how to take on the form of what's presented to us. But unless we find a way to break through the veil of normalcy, I mean, I'm not trying to talk about normalcy, but just what you talked about with this veil of regularness, you know, the regularness, the conformity of life. And unless you can break through it, you're not going to see really what it's all about. And here's where this relates to music. Music and the arts are not valued in our country. We're doing this show from Canada. That's very different than America, United States of America. We don't value the arts. We're tearing apart everything now. But in other countries, they have huge support for the arts so that people will really know that this is a great human value. We don't even appreciate the legacy of our own population. The only art form that was created in this country is African-American jazz music, and it was exported worldwide, and we don't even know that. That just shows you that we don't understand ourselves. We don't see the shadow. My point is, know your world, and then you will be able to be much more alive to the potentials of it. And that's what you're working in, is a huge potential constantly for things to come together. Yes, that's what they're doing all the time. Yes, and and, and what, you, what, 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 what you're what you're doing with jazz 
and African-American culture and history. And you're doing for me right now is that when you do jazz, when you perform jazz, you are carrying with you that culture. You're getting it more consciously in your mind and in your heart that you are bringing forth to listeners, to the audience, that feeling that we all should have of uh, gratitude to those forebearers that brought you to the place where you could convey what they wanted to tell us. Out of the misery was born this beauty. Right, but I do understand that, and that is all good, and it's very intellectual, but I want to make an important point. I happen to have been, just through the coincidentiality of my own life, brought up by a person who was obsessed with music and a genius listener, but not a trained musician in any way. This man taught me how to listen. And what I have with music, long before I had these intellectual and cultural understandings, was a deep visceral response to the music, which is best described by uh, by Robert Graves in a book about Celtic poetry, where he says, you always can recognize real poetry. It evokes the natural world, and it makes the hair stand up on the back of your neck. When I listen to this music, play it, even talk about it, the hair stands up all over my body. That is what people should seek. That's what I learned from my crazy father, that the greatest gift is to simply be electrically alive and aligned to what is going on around you in this planet. Let the chips fall where they may, and they will fall in some pretty crazy places. But if you have faith in your own strength, then you can dare this, you can brave this craziness. This It's a bit of chaos invited in what you're suggesting by being so open to this web of connectedness and coincidentiality. I brought somebody by to visit you uh, the other day. Now, let me uh, ask you, did she name herself her nickname or did somebody else yeah. give her name? No, that's her name. She named herself, yes. <laughs> Shiva. And, you know who Shiva is, right? Yep. yep. All right. Continue. <laughs> I, I did, and there's a there's some there's something of a risk in that relationship that breaks the way, uh, the breaks away from normality. That is a wonderful experiment in just what you're talking about. I saw that, you know, and we've met many friends together. That's one of the things that we've done a lot together: introduced each other to different people. And I was struck by a very, very beautiful uh, kind of communality between the two of you a clear channel it seems a very good channel and 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 with and with you there i saw that channel more clearly than i ever had before Uh, and and that's part of what what you did for that and it's a it's doing something out of the ordinary uh and doing something out of the ordinary is really should become more ordinary i don't know what's going to happen when doing something out of the ordinary becomes ordinary but what do you think about that i live now because i have you know as you know my life situation is pretty complex my wife 31 years is quite a bit of an invalid i'm living in two houses because i moved her into a more therapeutic environment and I have a to-do list every day that I have to do triage on constantly. I don't do half the stuff on the list or even a third of it. But things will come up that I'll accept over the to-do list because I know that I have to be alive to this. One of the things is when people call me about a music person and want to have a question about a student. I now build into my life a meeting with anybody who wants to ask a question like that, about a 15, 20-minute meeting free of charge to assess the situation. Like if a new kid wants to take trumpet, don't play trumpet if it's not, if the trumpet doesn't love you. You know, trumpet's not for everybody. Flute's not for everybody. Compositions, what you think you're doing is not necessarily what you think, what you're doing. Go to somebody like, you know, there's so much, I hate the scam of education, you know, getting students as a business. It just, yes, yes, yes. But the idea that people will find you who need you, I mean, what a coincidence that I put an ad in a, paper here to do some workshops for kids this summer and a woman read it who was in her mid-40s who had been a master clarinetist at Manhattan School and got so turned off to music through schooling which is a huge thing that I'm kind of studying myself you know individually with people school is a killer 
But she got so turned off to music school that she quit music. She graduated with honors. She's a monster musician. She quit school the day she, she quit music the day she graduated from school, joined the Peace Corps, moved to Africa, lived there for 10 years. And now after an amazing life, wants to play music again and comes back into my life, came to these workshops with little kids. I mean, I couldn't have hired somebody to be the perfect the perfect sort of bridge between me and everything I was doing in these workshops. Wow. And then she benefited hugely from the workshops just based on who she was as a person. And just like you, Bernie, this woman and I have become so tight in such a quick, uh, short amount of time all through music. Yeah. 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 Amazing. That's, that's, that's good. That gives us a, an idea, uh, continuing an idea about how you live your life and how you can recognize when there are opportunities that you must take, that you must be involved with. I have patients, uh, con people contacting me to be my patients. And over the last uh, five, six weeks, um, I've arranged a couple of times for people to um, see me. And for one reason or another, they haven't shown up. They've gone so far as to make an appointment and not show up or there's something else happens. And, and I don't know what's been going on, but I have not been that open to seeing people for a variety of reasons. I've needed a vacation and somehow they pick that up. And it's a, it's a way that it's, it's hard to define how it happens. But I've needed this is my first summer vacation kind of in like a million years. Right. And, and they and they seem to be able to pick it up. Yeah, uh, we're 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 coming to the end uh, of our show, John. And uh, talk the, to you about this stuff in a more formal way. Beautiful. And we we will continue. I, I've I learn more from you uh, each time, and this one you're very informative. Uh, you're very clear, and oh, it's it's a way to live a life, uh, not just music, and that's what we're talking about, but ways to live a life that you're talking about. So thank you very very much for being on the show with me, John. And I'll talk to you soon. Bernie, can I share one last thing with your listeners? I think we're over time, John. I'm sorry. Okay. Bernie, thanks for doing it, man. I'm going to run. We'll talk soon. Yes. Bye.